this extended cold open. So we are going to do a post-game meetup. Come say hello to us. So we will meet at Koa Bowl, at Koa Surf Bar and Grill. I've never heard of that place. It was Koa Bowl before. Now it's Koa Surf Bowl. Tell them where it is. It's it's, uh, downtown on College Square between Walkers and Starbucks. It is my friend Chris Grimaldi. I just met him this summer randomly. Uh, My wife and I were walking by, literally put our faces against the door because we realized that space there used to be Buddha Bar. It's been several things over time. No, Buddha Bar is down near East West. It was not Buddha Bar. It was some other place. And um, Don't confuse him. No, but it's on College Square. And he just... College Avenue? Yeah, but that area is called College Square. Okay. So my, not doing a good job of not confusing him. Yeah. My, um, so he came, and his father and I were... His father and I. His father and he were working on the space. They brought my wife and I in. My son and I stopped by there. They're cold open. Um, at, oh, it's cold open? Soft open. Whatever. Soft. Soft open. This is the cold we're open. murdering this, this cold open. It is the cold open. You, actually, but you're murdering. You should come there. We're going to be... 114 College Avenue. Yeah. 114 College Avenue. Basically downtown. across from the new Chick-fil-A and the grill. Sure. That's right. Across yes. from the grill. 114 upstairs. Come by. There's not, I don't know if there's any drink specials or anything. Just come by. We'll all talk after the game. He, after the game is over, if you're looking for a place, it's a noon game. It's downtown. You look like, hey, I like those dudes. Let's, have, let's go have a drink. We will be there having a drink. There's no cover. There's no special thing that you need. All you got to do, if you want to come and chat with us post-game, if, unless they lose, in which case I'm burning that place down. Screw you and your poke bowls. But, uh, but if they win, I will not burn down the restaurant if they lose, I promise. Um, but for crying out loud, come by after the game. We will be there upstairs. Very good times. The name of the place is? Koa Surf Bar and Grill. 114 College Avenue, downtown Athens. Not hard to get there. Walk over. Come drink with us. It'll be a blast. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 165 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My two co-hosts, Tony Waller and Will Eats, join me in studio to preview clean, old-fashioned hate, otherwise known as Georgia versus Georgia Tech. The fifth-ranked dogs face off versus the Paul Johnson High School offense at noon on Saturday and at Sanford Stadium. Thank goodness we are all given a reprieve this year from having to go to the Erector set on North Avenue in Atlanta. Plus, Georgia travels to Atlanta next week for a much bigger and more important game than this one. Can you tell that there's a bit of dismissal of playing tech in my words and tone? Yeah, we get into that. Well, more specifically, I think Tony, he does an impeccable job during this podcast at describing how University of Georgia fans, like you and me, how we feel towards the Jackets. So make sure, if you're in town on Saturday for the game, make sure to meet up with us after the game, and we share the details throughout this episode. You heard it in the cold open, and we mentioned it a couple other times. But before I forget, here's hoping that you and yours have a very happy Thanksgiving. And here's Will and Tony to get this podcast started. So I've been drinking wine for... An hour and a half. Yeah, so... I don't think we're done with detractions. <laughs> yeah, well then, let's funnel that wine toward Georgia Tech. All right, so Georgia Tech. Can you believe that Georgia's a 17-point favorite versus it, the Jackets? It, can you believe it doesn't feel too high? I don't think it... I think it doesn't feel too high at all. No, that's the part of it I can't believe. So, an interesting story. I'm glad I'm glad you start off with this. So, um, I, I work at the law school at the University of Georgia, and we have a number of Georgia Tech undergrads. So one of my students walked in my office today. She's a first-year law student. And she walked in my office, and she's like, do y'all not do hate week here? I was like, 
oh, oh, dear, dear child, please sit down and let's talk. <laughs> and she's like, what? And it's like, it doesn't matter to us as much as it does to you. And she went, are you serious? I'm like, it really doesn't. I mean, we don't like to lose, but... No, we're the big brother. We this doesn't matter to us. I mean, we don't include Georgia Tech in our chance. Uh, yeah, going back, going back to the Madman idea. Like, what do you yeah. think of me? I don't. I, I think don't of you at think all. of you at all. And she was like, "Just the worst thing you can and say." And the look person. on her face was, "Oh my god!" It was like sometimes, "Oh my god, he's right." And <laughs> my whole life has been a lie. And yeah, we, we we had a we had a long discussion because this is what I do. We had a long discussion about how that came to be, and a lot of it came to be in that. Georgia's been a lot better than Georgia Tech for going on 15 plus years. And that takes, it doesn't take the fun out of beating them because I still remain my favorite team to take hope away from is Georgia Tech. But it doesn't mean as much. And and frankly, the change of the dynamic has changed a lot of things too, right? Um, With them running their offense, they run? No, no. The change of the dynamic meaning you get to the SEC championship game means far more than beating Georgia Tech. Now, I'm still not there on saying which would you rather do, go 11 and 1 and lose to Georgia Tech or go 1 and 11 and beat Georgia Tech. No, that's that's crazy talk. Frankly, Georgia Tech fans would probably take 1 and 11, but that also speaks to why it doesn't mean as much to us. You know, it's funny, I was just remembering two years ago, you and I went to the Georgia Georgia Tech basketball game. Yep. And at halftime, they brought out, it's right before Christmas, it's like, we'll be this year. And they brought out the Georgia football team at halftime. The Georgia Tech football team. The Georgia Tech, the Georgia Tech football team at halftime and paraded them around. There were like sailors kissing maidens in Times Square. They had come oh, back. year was that? That's two years ago. Yes. Oh, okay. And they had they had come back as if they had conquering like, heroes. You have you've won the war and you've saved democracy. Vanquished uh, fascism yeah. and won back Europe for the good guys. <laughs> yeah. It was and it was like, wait, do you guys just won like like lost sucked, no question, but like your season still was not good. You didn't do anything. Like they were that like it's hard. can you imagine Georgia doing that? Bringing out the team. Like, sure, they brought out the team at halftime of one of the basketball games last year after they won the SEC. <laughs> you don't bring and them out. And played in the national championship. Yeah, like you don't bring them out to celebrate beating Georgia. Yeah. Right. We've never made rings for beating Georgia <laughs> Tech, right? We've just never done that. So what do you think about the news today where it was uh, published that McGarity and Stansberry both came to this truce of not defacing hedges or tearing up uh, the field at Tech? Did you read that? I didn't read that. Because it did happen two years ago, correct? It did, it did happen a lot two years ago because tech, we, you know, technically we haven't beat Georgia Tech in Athens since 2012. Will has never Not witnessed. technically, actually. I know, but I like to say technically. Okay. Um, Will like has never fact, seen. Though. Yeah, since sure. I moved to Athens, I have not seen He's, Georgia beat Georgia yeah, Tech. Yeah, so that, that's uh, distressing. But, uh, but yeah, McGarity came out. It was in a published, uh, um, published article by Chip Towers where – Basically, I guess McGarity said, and I, you know, look, I remember two years ago, we gave him a hard time. We were, we were pissed about tech deep, like just destroying the hedges because they went after him. Well, and so he said that will not happen this year. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, first off, tech, tech players are classless and, um, they have no home training. (laughs) So, I mean, what do you expect? You don't want that to happen. Beat them. It's also worth remembering that game two years ago. Like Georgia won that game. Like Georgia was in total yeah. control of that game and then, until the second half of the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then they <laughs> down their legs. Yeah. Write that time down. Um, you're going to need a lot of times down. Yeah, he's drinking a lot of wine. You know the hard part about playing Georgia Tech, uh, which is 
not the smoothest transition into actual game analysis, is that Georgia Tech will bring you down to the 1930s and then beat you at that game. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and, and look, I'm not, this is not, a, I'm not denigrating their offense. It works for them. Good, it works for the Citadel. It works for the Citadel. <laughs> it works for Georgia Southern. And, and again, I really am not denigrating their offense because, frankly, that's probably what they need to do. Now, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people out in the college football, um, you know, intelligentsia that would say that Georgia Tech, with the right coach, could be different. The Georgia Tech retort to that is, but our academics. Um, but frankly, you know, Notre they're, Dame, Stanford, they're not, they're not better than Notre Dame or Stanford academic wise. Um, Georgia Tech is not that far ahead of Georgia. This is no, I, they're not. I say this. That's where I was going. Go ahead, say. Yeah, I say this every year. It's always very baffling to me. The, uh, my wife's been telling me this since I met her before <laughs> we even moved here. She's like Georgia Tech nerds, and I'm like, I'm sorry, they're not like you guys. Georgia's a really good school. Like, I'm well, not, uh, this weird thing that Georgia has about Georgia Tech being nerds. Like, the schools are pretty close academically. And it's Georgia always, has an engineering. Department. Yeah, Georgia Tech's engineering department is better than Georgia's engineering department, but a whole bunch of other departments in Georgia are better than Georgia Tech's. It's always kind of marine biology. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So vet school, the nerd, the nerd journalism, the nerd part comes from the the engineer thing. And yeah. there was a time thirty years ago it was a much better school. Yeah. But kind of kind of where I was going with that is that you when you step back and look at this, um, you step back and look at this rivalry. I understand why Georgia fans don't want to play this anymore. Right, there's really no benefit when you beat them. There is, which I disagree with. There is everything to lose when you lose to them. So why not schedule a game that means something? Um, the hard part about scheduling is you can't just pick up Clemson for two years or whomever for two years. Uh, first off, second off, the one thing you gain from that is you continue to own your own state, and that's why this game means more than anything else. And that is why Kirby not only if we get the opportunity to run Rodrigo Blankenship uh, for a fake punt for a touchdown, even though we're up 40 points, it'll absolutely happen this game. And Kirby will walk out to Paul Johnson, look at him and say, say one word, fish fry. <laughs> and that's exactly what will happen. And I mean, that's the, that's the thing they've really talked about ever since that loss two years ago. Yeah. Is that he's, there's every practice, or like at least two practice, yeah. at least once or twice a week. And I believe them. They, they run do. Georgia Tech stuff. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I'm not saying. I'm not saying a Kirby smart coach team will never lose to Georgia Tech again, but it won't be because they're not ready. It'll be because, for whatever reason, we are not as talented as they are. Yeah, or weird stuff happens. Or weird stuff happens, happens, and we'll get to that. Well, weird stuff happened in Tech's game last weekend versus Virginia. Yeah, they were. They're they're seven and four now. Tech is. They've they've won six out of seven. Yeah. You know, one of the things that was fun, I think the last games, last year's game, which was really fun. It was the first time I'd seen a football game there. And it was really fun. Remember how the game started? Oh, yeah. There was that weird kickoff that should have mm-hmm. been a touch, should have been either a safety or back on the one. They gave him a touchback. And a couple, like, weird bounces kind of went Georgia Tech's way. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, kind of got this weird vibe, like, uh-oh. And then Georgia just stomped them. <laughs> and that was, like, that was the end of that. That was a very unique aspect of last year's team. There was no room for weirdness happening on the other side. They would just crush you. That's kind of what, I, what you want to see here, right? Like, people have always talked about We saw it two years ago. Georgia was clearly the better team, and weird stuff happened late. Mm-hmm. Last year, clearly, weird stuff happened early, and it was just they made sure they didn't get there. That's what you want to see in this game, particularly with such a big game coming in two weeks. And I think that's the difference that Kirby instilled in him kind of at the beginning of the 2017 season because, I mean, lest we forget, 2016 was a Liberty Bowl team 
you know, we went seven and five, I think. And so what Will's getting at is that Kirby has kind of been able to take that first year of his tenure here and instill that mental case or mantra of that this is what we're going to do. We're going to impose our will on Georgia Tech and, and, and Will and Tony Wright and everybody that's listened to this podcast and has been a Georgia fan long enough knows that this game does get weird. Think back to 1998 and Jasper Sanks and you could probably, I think back to 2008 yeah. when Roddy Jones, we were up by like 24 points at halftime and Roddy Jones and uh, Josh Nesbitt took over and that was Paul Johnson's first win against Georgia. I mean, one of the games that I always hearken to is the 2004 game. That was the Reggie Ball fourth down game. Yeah. Uh, it, Does Will know that story? Um, so, so I'm going to tell you the whole story in the context of the way I remember it. So that this was a night where it was scheduled to rain. So you get there at the stadium. It was a seven o'clock kickoff. Oh yeah, too, it was right? a late game. Um, what year precisely is this? 2004. And the reason I remember that is my wife was six months pregnant with my oldest daughter, mm-hmm. who watched her kids today. Mm-hmm. So we were. Um, they very much enjoyed her company. Uh, yeah, she is. Could, despite her upbringing, is lovely. I thought it was odd that they because they, they, they walked over to add drug. Yes, uh, and she, and they came back, and all they kept talking about was Frogger. Yeah, I don't know why there's a lot of cross streets there. I thought that was odd. Yeah, but I'm glad they had fun. But Maggie, Maggie had a great time. She saw her. I actually saw her PE teacher and asked uh, asked Maggie why she was there and said, "I'm babysitting the two kids tied to the chair." Yeah. Um, So, (laughs) but with the gags, apparently the kids were very well behaved when she tied them down. (laughs) So it works, man. She's you've trained her well. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like yeah, just like like dad, like daughter. (laughs) The um, we. We went to that game. We drove back from Indiana for that game because um, we'd been in Indiana for Thanksgiving. And we get there in time for – actually, I think it was a 3.30 game. Now Probably so. Um, we get there in time for kickoff, and it's chilly. It starts raining in the second quarter, and by the end of the game, it has poured rain the entire game. It's 35 degrees. Now, my wife is um, my wife is six months pregnant, refusing to leave the football game because mm-hmm. Georgia Tech has mounted a comeback. We are one of 25,000, two of two of 25,000 people in there. Um, Georgia Tech drives down with a chance to win the game, and Reggie Ball throws the ball deep out of the end zone right over by where we sit on fourth down and turns and looks at... Chan Gailey? Chan Gailey and Patrick Nix and just throws his hands up in the air like, I don't understand what just happened. And they're like... You go to engineering school and can't count to four. That's what <laughs> happened. Um, there are a lot of weird things that can happen in this game. The thing about it for me, and I, I will the the Todd Gurley takeover game where we came back in the fourth quarter. Um, that was it, a lot of people forget that night out in the national consciousness because that was the week after the prayer at Jordan Hare. It was the we same. We were down by eighteen points. It literally happened concurrently with the pick six. I mean, yeah, kick I, six. I, I, I know. Um, I remember. So I was I was at, I was at a party in Columbus. Yeah, and I like I was like the one schmuck looking at the Georgia Georgia Tech game. Yeah, but mm-hmm. everyone else is in the other room watching the Alabama. So I mean, here here's I mean just a, a quick breakdown by minute of what happened. We were 18 points down at the start of the like halfway through the third quarter. We scored a touchdown. We're still, I guess, what nine points down the start of fourth quarter. Um, they score, we score, we tie the game with like less than a minute left, and then of course Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley literally puts Georgia on his back and scores on three runs. Uh, we we beat them. We held them to a field goal, and then Gurley basically ran three eight-yard yep. runs to win the ball game. At, the, at this time, I'm getting a text from people. Craziness is going down in, yeah. in, at Auburn, and, um, 
And I, but I will never forget when we scored the touchdown to pull within whatever it was. I looked over because I was sitting uh, sitting at the top of the Georgia section right beside some donors of Georgia Tech, and the look on their face was, holy shit, we're going to lose this football mm-hmm. game. And there was nothing that happened the rest of that game to convince them otherwise. And it was the most beautiful, mm-hmm. pure feeling I have ever felt except for maybe the birth of my kids. And it was on... In, in the Rose Bowl? In the Rose Bowl. It was amazing. I feel like I need to bring up. It was. Thoughts. It was probably. It was probably, from a joy perspective, it was not as awesome as the Rose Bowl. But there, there was never. There has never been. At least at that point in my life, right. thirty, forty, yeah. <laughs> whatever years it was. What year was that? Two thousand thirteen. Right. Fifteen. 13. 13, 14. No, it was 13. It had to be 13 because okay. that was the Cam Newton miracle year. Um, no, that was the Marshall miracle year. There were so many miracles. It wasn't Cam Newton. It was the Marshall. It was the Marshall. So that was 13. That was my first year here. So, you know, up to that point in my life, there really had not been anything as awesome as just like visceral. I can't put into words what I'm feeling right now watching someone else's. I mean, it was it really was the purest definition of Sheldon Friday, right? Because just like, that's it, right? I got close. Sheldon Friday. Sheldon Friday. It was, I mean, it's the closest thing because. Was that where you came up with the there's nothing greater than Georgia Tech hope? Yes, Tech 100%. Tears. It 100 was. There's nothing greater than ripping hope away from Georgia Tech fans because the look on their face was, I know what's about to happen. Is like it literally. It was, it was just like watching. It had to be for them watching their own dog get run over. I mean, it just was incredible. It really was, and it was just like. And the best part about that was Auburn did something to top, and we didn't have to watch the the Pratt Jordan hair on endless loops now. I mean, it was, right. it was a great day. No, a great it was a really point. great day for Georgia football. Had they not done that, and that, 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 that would have been that stupid play. It right. was great. That's the greatest <laughs> part about it. It's like I walked out of there. And I, I actually looked over at um, um, who was it? Maybe it might have been Chip. I saw Chip mm-hmm. Fulador. I was like, the greatest part about this day is that not only did we get the taste out of our mouth what happened last week, <laughs> is that we don't have to watch that stupid play all the time mm-hmm. now. Because why would you run that play? Because the the kick six is far more awesome. Look, there, there's a plenty of Georgia, Georgia Tech stories going way back. And I will not deny, I, I will not deny that there are some true stories about Georgia Tech fans being treated rudely by Georgia fans, and that's fine. Um, I can attest that I have been called names by matronly women in old gold and blue or whatever mm-hmm. the colors are they are now. But that's part of the fun of in-state rivalry. I'm glad we have an in-state rivalry that matters to somebody. Um, just for me and mine, they fall fourth or fifth in who we play every year and who I want to be. So um, piggybacking off that last comment of yours, Mike Griffith of Dog Nation, I heard him on 960 this morning. He was championing that Georgia and Georgia Tech should just quit playing. And to be fair, Mike Griffith just started covering Georgia this year. He'd been covering mm-hmm. Tennessee. He's covered Auburn. He's covered like Notre Dame and Syria. I don't even know. That's not correct. But he's covered a lot of teams. So he's basically a beat reporter. He's been hired by Dog Nation to cover Georgia, and he's reporting, and he writes writes fine, but he comes up with these strange theories at times, and Sam Franco was actually pushing back on him, and I, I definitely agree with uh, Sam, but I wanted to hear, Tony, I wanted to hear your thought on the fact that he's sitting there saying, like, we should just quit playing this game. Look, I don't like playing as uh, an offense like Tech either. I don't I don't think it's good. I, I kind of wish it would go back to the Chan Gailey days of when he was just running a traditional offense because all I worry about is something weird happening and somebody getting really hurt by uh, chop blocking. But 
Would that really go over well with Georgia fans? Uh, even, and I don't want to just say traditionalists because I'm not a traditionalist Georgia fan, and uh, the millennials love them or hate them. They're getting older; they're in their mid 30s, so they're donating uh, money. So, is that something that would ever be considered? Because this game's been played ever since the end of World War One. Every year, there hasn't there wasn't even a break during World War Two. I, I can't see it happening. I really can't. I mean, there are a lot of reasons why you. There are a lot of reasons why you play this game. Um, part of them is that you get to provide a direct contrast between your program and their program. That's a good point. Um, and frankly, that was why in the middle nineties, Georgia Tech got as good as they did. I mean, I don't. I personally don't recognize the nineteen ninety one Georgia Tech national championship, um, but you know. There was a reason why they won, and that's because they got better at recruiting the state of Georgia than Georgia did. Has there been a time where Georgia and Georgia Tech have been really good at the same time? Um, so there were there have been a couple of times. 97, maybe? Yeah, the, the late 90s, they you were know, both Calvin Johnson, good. his final two were Tech and Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. yeah. And he went to Tech. Yeah. And that was back when... Yeah, what, I doubt he would do that now. No. But, <laughs> but I mean, I guess early 2000s, they were, they yeah, were Georgia both pretty, Leary. pretty good. Yeah. But like, has this game ever been like among two top 10 teams? I want to say yes. We should we should get Chad on that. But yeah. um, I, I think that there has been question. one time where at least both of them were like top 15 yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but part of the Georgia, Georgia, Georgia Tech history is like uh, people forget the day of run Lindsay run and beating Florida Georgia Tech a bad 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 Georgia Tech team tied the number one team in the nation in Notre Dame to give Georgia the first first rank the number one ranking um, so you know you you bring up a good question though because this has kind of been a a rivalry of streaks where one team or the other is if not significantly, at least some better than the other. Now, I also think we are probably in the longest run of one team being better than the other um, over the course of— Even though the record really doesn't show it because of those two losses I mean, again, the past as couple you pointed times out, I have not seen them beat them at home yet. Right, but what's the, what's the record since Rick came to UGA? Well, they were on a streak to almost match the eight games um, yeah. when, they, when they lost, what— yeah. Four years ago, right. So Georgia Tech currently holds the in the in the history. Are you gonna record. explain Theron Sapp to him? Yeah. So yeah, right. so Georgia Tech holds. I feel like I'm like your nephew. Eight. <laughs> so so Georgia Tech holds the record for the longest win streak. Come sit at my knee at the fireplace. So but we'll it brings stories of the past. But it brings up a good point. It's like you recognize the other three names of the people whose jerseys are retired at UGA, and then there's one Theron Sapp. Yeah. It's because he's the drought breaker. Right. He nearly single handedly broke Georgia Tech's stranglehold on this series in in the late fifties. And I hadn't really thought of it that. That's a really interesting way to look at it. Um, I hope it never ends. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, trust trust me. I, I like I like disregarding them. I like thinking <laughs> of them in the way that Texas fans probably think of Oklahoma fans. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, more than that, like. So much of college football has basically become a caste system at this point, right? Like there are certain schools, like occasionally, like this has been frustrating about this year, right? That's why this year hasn't been that much fun. Because clearly Alabama is really good, Notre Dame is really good, Michigan is really good, Clemson, particularly Alabama and Clemson are like the clear ones. The idea that the two upstarts, the new teams this year, are Notre Dame and Michigan, like take, like these are traditional powerhouses. And right there is Georgia. And like Washington State is as close as you have it to an upstart this year. Or Central Florida, maybe? Yeah, but see, Central, we're not even letting them play. So, yeah. uh, so I don't think you even count them. The idea, whereas 
you know, you you like Wisconsin was a little bit of an upstart uh, a couple years ago. But that's kind of the thing is so much of football now is you are at this level or you should be at this level and you need to get the person back to where you should, to coach you back. Like this is where Georgia was, right? Georgia should be at this level. They need the coach to get them there. Kirby Smart could have gone to Georgia Tech and not got Georgia Tech to where Georgia is. Kirby Smart is a really good, smart guy and a really good coach. If he goes to Georgia Tech or if he goes to South Carolina, mm-hmm. that's not where they are. My point of that is Georgia Tech, for me, from a national observer spot, should never – they should beat Georgia once every five years tops. Which is what they've done for the yeah. last 20 years. Like that's the level that – like nationally speaking, that's as most as it should happen. And it's a weird – because it comes at the end of the year and they play a weird offense. But Paul Johnson is not in fact going to be the coach of Georgia Tech forever. And when you talk about that beat report and discussing that, I'm sure that's a part of all of this, right? It's this weird offense that you have to deal with right before the SEC championship game. But it won't happen like that forever. Paul Johnson's going to leave someday, eventually, and there will be someone that doesn't run the triple option. Or there will be some, or they won't be the only team that runs it at that point because other people will pick it up because apparently you can tie Alabama at halftime right. with it. So, which is, listen, a lot of advanced stats people have been arguing. Like Kansas or Illinois should run the triple option. Like that's exactly what you should do. Georgia Tech, to me, theoretically should have a, should be a little better than that to have to do that. But that's the point, right? Like Georgia should play Georgia Tech every year, not because, not just because they dominate them. They 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 can try to show who's the boss of the state. But the idea that like this is a game that they should win every year. This can theoretically be a tune-up before <laughs> the bowl system with the SC championship game. Right now they run the triple option, so it's weird. But they won't always run that. So you get actually every aspect of that in a game where it feels. If, if the worst thing we can say about this game is it feels a little bit beneath Georgia, that feels like kind of a good place to be. And without getting too navel gazy, I mean, it does benefit Georgia to play a Power Five team every year at the end of the season, a home and home, right? Because like we spent an entirety of last um, last week hearing about oh, the SEC, so called so called weekend, blah blah blah. You know, that's that's all well and good, but you, then you turn around and uh, you know, no one's talking about Clemson having to. Play South Carolina. Yeah, I was about to say, what if you're South Carolina and you get to the point where Georgia is, where maybe you're going to SEC championship games and you're facing the behemoth of Alabama, and you're, guess who you have as your tune-up? You have Clemson, <laughs> right? Before Alabama, right? Right. I mean, you know, but you know, it's like the Florida Florida State game is going to preempt it, be preempted by. But this is cyclical. Army, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. this is cyclical. It right? is cyclical. There was a time where South Carolina wasn't so freaked out about this game, and. But Clemson has Devil Sweeney. There was that Coach one. There was that one year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they've um, always been worried about the game, but it's never been like you're not facing the juggernaut. And this is why if you feel bad for Tennessee, the one way like the Alabama, they, their crossover opponent, they play Alabama every year. Yeah. I'm glad that Georgia doesn't have to do that. Yeah, we we get Auburn. Yeah. That's awesome. Eleven out of fourteen. Who has Gus smells on forever? So, anything specific about where uh, the, the worry about Monty Rice does not seem to be better? Looks like uh, yeah. he's actually probably not going to play. Yeah, Kirby. I mean, no particulars about what happened, but um, you know, the, the word is he was around Butts Mayor today in a walking boot on crutches, and Kirby's like, we don't expect to have him. Um, that's not great. No, because he led the team in tackles. 
Yeah. And there will be a lot of tackles to be made. Yes. But especially by inside linebackers. Yeah. Um, well, the good thing is Channing Tindall, Jawan Taylor, Natris Patrick, and then Quay Walker's been kind of coming on of late because he has to. Yeah. But uh, you got four guys that can that can definitely step up and play. Though, yeah. though we got to be careful with Natres around Atlanta. Uh, well, he's, he's here. He's here. He's here. Uh, no, 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 next no, week. No, next no week. one's driving through Wonder. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of the things that, well, the, one of the other things that you want to think about in this game is that. Georgia Southern has um, Georgia Southern. I'm sorry, Georgia Tech. same thing. It's yeah, a one. Freudian slip. Um, I had, by the by the way, dear listener, I just put air quotes around that. The um, the 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 thing that you you have to worry about with Georgia Tech is that they can drag you down and play their game. I mean, let's not forget Army was driving with a chance to beat Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is a team that's been scoring 50 points a game. The the perfect game for Georgia Tech, essentially keep the ball for large chunks of time, limit Georgia to six to eight possessions over the course of the game, and in the process score touchdowns every time they get the ball. So in a Georgia Tech victory, you're saying that when things are rolling for them, their opponent's only going to get six to eight possessions in an entire um, football game? Well, if you think about it this way, if they get to, if they get to, they hit the forty-two minute mark on time of possession, um, unless you're scoring in three plays, that's pretty close, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Um, that's scary. It's scary. It's scary they because do. they can do that. Yeah. And when you couple that with Georgia's bend, don't break defense, then you start to freak out a little bit about mm-hmm. what can happen. And this you know, game. Georgia's defense has not been that opportunistic on making turnovers. I mean, yes. sure, they got a they got a take rider interception. But, I mean, it's not like they've been ball hawkish all yeah, year. Yeah. The, but the other part about it is when you sit down and look at – we look at Bill Conley's advanced stats, for example. George Tech won last week. They were a 1% chance to win that game. Virginia was 99% chance to win that game based on advanced stats, uh, which means they got really lucky to win. They had an 11-point swing. Yeah. They had, a sa- they had a safety, mm-hmm. and they brought and the, then free they kick back, the free kick back. And then back scored a two-point conversion. Yes. So – I don't, you know, and, and we'll get to the we'll get to the um, prediction in a few minutes. But you know, there's there is a world where Georgia gets in a situation with this game where they have a lot of bad turnover issues, or Georgia Tech just hits a couple of big plays. What the bigger part, which concerns me, is we focus so much on the run. They hit a couple of pass plays. Um, um, pour some out for Paul Oliver because without that, that would have been a thing that happened in the early two thousands. Um, but you have to you have to really squint and look sideways to see where if Georgia Tech plays their best game and Georgia plays their best game, Georgia loses this game. Well, if you think about it, um, Georgia has a nine point five per completion. Yeah, every on yep. average. Yeah, Georgia Texas nine point two. Yeah, Georgia ranks seventh in the nation on that. Georgia Tech ranks eighth. Yeah, so but, when they do throw, but they've only thrown the ball twenty one times. Oh, they they passed for less than a thousand yards on the season. Yeah, of course. However. They You've got to be ready for that yeah. because when they do, they're going to make a big play. Mm-hmm. I still feel – I know that, we, as you discussed, uh, Kirby Smart wants to make sure that dominance is displayed in this game. You still can't ignore the fact that they're playing Alabama for a spot in the playoff next week. And I think there's things that get held back offensively in this game. I think defensively – you know, I, I think that what they'd like to do in this game is to not let Georgia Tech control possession too much. And every time they get the ball, Georgia gets the ball, they try to run 
they, they try to hold on the ball as long as they can and make this. If, if this is 24-10, I think Kirby Smart is tickled pink. I think that's what you they want. This is a game to make it through. I, this doesn't feel like a game. I know we like the idea of Rodrigo trying to uh, uh, doing fake plays to to win, but this feels like a okay. There is a much bigger fish to fry next week. This is a game that you get through. You're at home. I think it's different if you're at Georgia Tech. It's a different vibe. For at home, this is a game that you want to get through because the whole referendum on the whole season happens in a week. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue. I can't argue with the premise. It's the the part about it to me is that um, Tech has played a lot of games over the past four or five weeks of the season. We talked about Mike Griffith. The article he wrote this week uh, talked about shockingly high um, the shockingly high spread. And on this face, it's it's weird to think. 17. 17 points, right? But all of us agree that doesn't seem very high. What was the final score last year? We, uh, we destroyed them by, what, 20-something points. And it wasn't that close. No. It was never even that close. I mean, there was a time in the first four minutes of the game it sure. was close. Right? I mean, they felt like, oh, it was a, It was a celebration because it was mainly Georgia fans at Mark Rick, Bobby Dodd, Grant <laughs> Field. Whatever. Yeah. Um, well, you, actually, they took the name off this year because, because of Miami. Because yeah. Miami. Yeah. They're both eligible, though. They, they are? Miami, Miami, they won last week. They're or both. Tech is. No, Miami. They're both. They're both. So, I have a, a sincere question. How does Tech being bowl eligible change the math here? I mean, they're going for eight, but they're more than just... Oh, yeah. They're, they're seven, seven and four. Yeah. Right. But if they come in this game five and six, does it change things? I mean, because their their bowl slot's probably locked in. I guess if oh, they beat actually, Georgia, I've beat got some Georgia. bowl stuff, and there might be playing an SEC team in a bowl game. Well, yeah, of course, because we play like nineteen ACC teams. Just work with me. Here. Yeah. All right. So sound impressed? Should we talk? About- oh wow, that's really impressive, Scott. <laughs> did, we, did we do well? That's good. Good. That's yeah. good. So you got some CrossFit has made your biceps so big and powerful. It just went to a weird place. <laughs> <laughs> Podcasting after dark. That's right. It was way late. <laughs> yeah. it was so, uh, dark place. yeah, so you apparently have some, because I can't think of anything, but how weird that felt. <laughs> <laughs> did. It did feel, feel weird. By the way. Um, it's the Christmas one. Wayne, yeah, right. So Wayne pointed out after you said uh, Fields Boner, I said two touches, and he didn't really know what to do with all that. He felt very, very strange. Very strange. I see where he's coming from. I love that you're checking out prices checking out. for how do you feel championships. That? How much? I think it's, it's 390, 390 uh, that's uh, it feels a little high. It feels high, yeah. Oh, yeah. speaking of... You're going to tailgate with us. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. We're, Speaking we're, of we're, tickets, if there's any dear listener out there, I have an eight-year-old daughter that would love to go to the Georgia-Georgia Tech game. I don't care if it's in the Tech deck or anything. I will pay money for a ticket. Scott, I just need one ticket. Scott, it's like you've never even met me. Oh, you, you, have, have, you have the cutest, just most precious... Have her walk around near the stadium with one finger up. People <laughs> will give her tickets. Like, she will sit with Jerry Moorhead. So, anything else left on the Georgia Tech offense or defense? I mean, how's their defense, Tony? Yeah, screw those guys. <laughs> what? No, seriously. I mean, the defense of They Georgia gave up Tech. 27 points to Virginia. What do you need to know? Well, Virginia was in the running for the Coastal or the Atlantic or whatever they play in in like, the ACC for like, a while. Like nine weeks ago. Nine weeks ago. Yeah. They're seven and four, just they're, like Tech. Their their defense is middle of the road. Um, you know, one thing I'm going to cut you off here, just because I looked at it. But one thing that uh, Georgia does need to make sure of, I don't know what got into Rodrigo if he was just kind of playing around with UMass, but he was not kicking it through the end zone because uh, he was Georgia not Tech. My favorite play. I know Georgia Tech has a dangerous turn man. Um, 
Wanye Thomas, he returned the uh, aforementioned uh, free kick last week against uh, Virginia. So if Rodrigo has three or four or five touchbacks in him, he definitely needs you – because know, that's – think about it. Four years ago, that's kind of how we lost the game because they had a return and there were 18 seconds and that's when we went to overtime and everything yeah, like that. Those in the, the days of – I know, I know, but still, you know, old, old memories or bad memories die hard. You mispronounced nine touchbacks. Nine touchbacks. Okay, that that makes me feel better. You you have more stuff, right? Okay. Well, is you that, have like nine pages. Is that what we're doing? I know, but I, I wasn't really as organized as I usually am. What we're going to do now is we're going to get into in case you missed it, and really don't forget, I still have name that conference. When do you want to do name that conference? Let's do it now. Okay, we'll do name that conference. All right, this is something that uh, we cut for time last week because uh, Will had a uh, fundraiser. He is very philanthropic. In the mm-hmm. Athens community, and he was. Um, well, I needed a lot of cash, and so I, I made up a charity so a bunch <laughs> of people could give money to it, and I took it and cashed it, put it in PayPal, and now I'm rich. It's called, so, the, it's called the Human Fund. It's called the Human it's Fund. It's money for people. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Money for Will. Uh, money for people. For people. Okay, so this is Name That Coverage. So with UMass coming in to play us last week, I thought, well, I didn't know what conference they were in, and so I started doing some research, and then I found a couple of other teams that I was like, hmm, I didn't know that was the conference they were in. So I decided to make a game mm-hmm. of uh, one, two, three, four, five, twelve teams uh, that I picked at random, where I was going to ask Will and Tony to name the conference that these teams play in. And so, I'm ready. How do you want to do this? Uh, give it to me, and if I'm wrong, give it to him. Okay, so I'm just going to mention the name of the school, okay. and you guys are going to pick the conference. Okay, are you ready, first. Tony? I'll go first. Yes. Okay. I'll go first. I'm not sure he's ready. UMass. Oh, can we just do this? Um, they're in uh, Conference USA. Independent. Tony's right. Independent. Just like Notre Dame and a couple other teams. Um, all right. Texas State. Your, it's your turn. The Conference Bobcats. USA. That's incorrect. Sunbelt. That's correct. Will's got one. Tony has one. San Jose State. It's my turn. Mountain West. <laughs> Something with mountains. That's correct, Will. Okay. Will. Will's up two to one. Bowling Green. The Falcons. Bowling Green's in the Mac. Yes. That's correct. Tony is tied. Not to be confused with college basketball's Mac. But that's true. They do have that. So it's tied 2-2 with uh, eight to go. New Mexico State University. <clears throat> Big West. That's incorrect. Sunbelt. Y'all are both wrong. Independent. Is this a speed round? They oh, went, they're independent. They they independent. independent. Yeah, yeah. So it still remains tied 2-2. Two to two. Okay, two to two. Tony, Southern Miss. Conference USA. That's correct. Tony's leading 3-2. to two. Will, Old Dominion. <sighs> Old Dominion. Not the terrible country band, but the school. They beat Virginia Tech earlier Conference this year. Conference USA. That's correct. Will nice. ties it three nice. to three with five left. Tulsa, Tony. AAC. Oh, very good. Four to three. Will, New Mexico. The Big West. Ooh, they play FCS football. You want to, should I give them an extra one? An extra try? No, sure. No, I guess F- FCS. Call. If you question. were going to guess again. No, I don't get another guess. Okay. Punish me for that. Tony. New Mexico? Yes. Sunbelt. No. Mountain West. Mountain West. So Tony's still up up on penalty kicks four to three. Will, there's three left. It's kind of a weird soccer match. Uh, Army. Is it my turn? CUSA. No. 
independent. That's correct. Will are ties they it. Independent? They are okay. independent with two left. They're also ranked for the first time in 20 years, 22 years. They played Oklahoma very tough. And they will yeah. still, the Army Navy game will be like 27 to 26. Yeah, Navy's terrible yes, this year. Yeah, I know, but, it'll, but it'll they snow. will wear, it'll be in Philadelphia. They'll wear cool helmets, yes. like with fighter yes. jets on it. All right, there's two left, and they are tied at four to four. Is this Tony's? It's me. It's Scott. I'm Wells. <laughs> you want me to go? It's Scott's turn again. Scott's turn. Uh, Air Force. To me, Mountain West. That's correct. Will takes the lead. Tony, this is for the tie. Navy. Hmm. Navy. That's a really hard one. AAC. That's correct. And, you know, we just yeah, we ended up in a tie, which is appropriate in this day and age. All right, so now we're going to go to In Case You Missed It. Where you treat your house like my wife treats her car. Oh, we got trash day tomorrow. I'll that clean it up. Like the Letterman. Yeah. It's late. It's 10 p.m. It is late. Um, this is In Case You Missed It. So I'd like just some commentary from either one of y'all on some of the interesting happenings from last weekend or this week and other college football related topics. So um, the first thing I'm going to get to is um, – there's a former LSU coach named Les Miles who likes to eat grass that's going to be coaching on an artificial turf. He just got hired at Kansas. Tony, Will, what do you all think about that? Of course, I tweeted my thoughts on this. Is, uh, is eating artificial turf harmful for you? I'm, I'm asking for Coach Miles. Because yeah, that's, that's very on brand for him, and he can't do it unless he brings some in. Um, so here's the thing. That, that hire was lambasted. Because the Cognizant thought that in, they thought that Kansas has to hire someone innovative and different and something off brand. Just because it's what you think doesn't mean that's the only thing work. Now, is there a possibility that he spectacularly flames out in the vein of Charlie Wise? Yeah, sure, of course. But you also get a name brand coach in there in a way that you haven't had in a long time. And I mean, success there is five wins, right? You you get them from a two win to five win and sniffing a bowl bowl eligibility. I think Bless Miles can do that. I'm of two minds on this. On one hand, um, from personal experience, asking for a friend, the idea of a very much struggling uh, big five, power five program that you hire a big name coach because hey. What else are you going to do? You bring in a big-name coach. Who else are you going to get? Uh, from, I guess, from personal experience, sometimes it's year three and you lose 63 <clears> to nothing <throat> on senior day, uh, which is maybe not the best thing in the world. Uh, however, I do think that uh, Les Miles has a lot more experience building a college football program than Charlie Weiss, certainly Charlie Weiss, and uh, also uh, Lovey Smith. I, I think... Kansas, perhaps I'm foolish in thinking this. I actually think Kansas has traditionally a worse football program than even Illinois. Yes. I feel like they are starting from such a low period that uh, I think it's – you, you I just get – if I'm Kansas, I'm excited about getting less miles. Uh, but uh, because it would require very little to excite me as a Kansas coach. I thought that dude was like kind of str- – he wasn't turning the corner, but it was getting a little better. He was recruiting a little better. He was doing a little better. But uh, yeah, whatever. It's less miles. Less miles like – Kind of like play a national championship game. I mean, yeah, he's coaching kids. Yeah. Like Lovey Smith coached, of course, Lovey Smith coached the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, I mean, the, you know, the, the counterpoint to your first point is that Illinois also hired the hot, new, young, up-and-coming coach, and he turned out to be an abject disaster, too. That was a disaster. And listen, Lovey Smith's story is not yet over. Right. It's not fully written, yeah. and his beard is amazing. You think he'll let it keep <gasps> growing? Oh, my God. His left miles grows a beard. Oof. 
I don't know if he can, but did you see his uh, his uh, did you see his press conference? He lost his train of thought for about twenty seconds. It was very awkward. Have you never watched the Les Miles press conference? <laughs> his hat was yeah. really high on his head, though. That was really fun to see. That yeah. was his train of thought. Yeah, the whole the whole thought in the first place. All right, so I just think college football is better with Les Miles in it. I agree. All right, so moving on, the numbers are thirty six and twenty five. The number 36 goes with Florida State. The number 25 goes with Virginia Tech. Those are consecutive bowl streaks that each school has. Virginia Tech is currently 4-6. and six. They've lost four in a row, and they have UVA this weekend to try to get to five wins. If they win, they have a tentative game right. scheduled versus Marshall to try to get to a bowl game. Florida State is 5-6. and six. They're playing Florida. They have a 36-game bowl streak on the line. They have Florida at home, and they are both trying to get to a bowl game. If both teams fail to get to it, can you tell me what school is going to have the longest current bowl streak? I think that would be our Georgia Bulldogs. That would oh. be Georgia. <laughs> University of Georgia. University of Georgia has been going to bowl since 1997. So, Tony and Will, what are your thoughts? I'm mainly interested on Virginia Tech's because they've had a terrible season with Justin Fuente. Um, they've got a tentative game scheduled. <laughs> what are y'all's thoughts on I that? I mean, Florida State's streak is only going because they did that, right? Remember mm-hmm. last year? They That's had right. No, you're right. They played Louisiana be, Monroe. To be able to do that. So I don't have a problem with it. Bowl games are not – like what people want from bowl games, I know Georgia doesn't really have to worry about this much, but like you want the extra practice time. Like that's the big thing. You want – you get an extra month of practice with your team next year. That's what coaches always talk about being able to ball game. Now, I know for Georgia, you've been there for so long. Obviously, you just assume you always have that time. But this is something that we've that Illinois has talked about a lot. Even when you're trying to build, getting that extra month of just time makes like a huge difference. So uh, I think if you get a chance to do that game. Fuente's weird because people were really excited about him when he first got there. And uh, It I might s- be Bud Foster that needs to go. You know, it, I'm glad you brought that up. And I won't go on a whole thing about uh, – Virginia Tech and what's going on, but it sure feels like there's a mismatch there. And and when when Fuente was hired, a, a lot of people thought, "Hey, he kept Bud Foster. That's great." Um, he's that, been there for forty years, I think. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that remains to be seen, though. It remains to be seen if he's he is the the thing. But to me, I mean, you know, as a kid that owned the big book of bowls, and I used to like mm-hmm. study the bowl games. Um, it would be kind of neat to me if Georgia held that. Yeah, that record. That's a cool record. I mean, especially consider how many bowls there are now. I mean, yeah. th- when I had that book, there were like 17 bowl yeah. games. It was a, it meant something to go to a bowl game. It still means something to go to a bowl game, especially as a college football fan, because I would much rather watch two 6-6 six and six teams on in the Arizona Bowl on December 17th than pretty much anything else on TV now. Well, let's remember that for all those people that I'm still angry about two years ago being like, Liberty Bowl. Liberty Bowl. Why are you even watching this crap? Yeah. You know that, uh, what I think Georgia went 5-6 and six in 1996, Jim Donnan's first year. Yeah. And that's why they didn't go. Interesting thing, my freshman year of college, 1994, Georgia went – Six four and one tying Auburn. Mm-hmm. They didn't go to a bowl game. Yeah, it's six four and one. Yeah, and I guess that was so before the Scott. proliferation of college bowls. We both had hair before <laughs> the mic. <laughs> I still have hair. Will, Will has hair. Will has great. Nice that was hair. that was. I'm sorry, Scott has plenty of hair. I have enough. I have a lot of hair on my back. Yeah. That's where <laughs> you got you. You have hair. You don't have a lot of hair. I don't have hair at all. I just like know that I have a big lustrous. Mane you do have here. a lustrous. Will mane. Will Will plans his haircuts. I've got newscaster hair. I'm you right do. He so really does. You also I have, have your own show, so that makes sense. 
I have uh, I have weatherman hair. I actually uh, uh, when I was in New York a couple weeks ago, you can tell here. I accidentally uh, lit the the stove. And <laughs> I see that. I got, uh, my front of my hair's got like a little burn. I have that like I don't know if you guys remember when your wives after they gave birth they got those weird little bangs, short hairs. Ask your wife; it oh, happens. Okay, they got like weird little hairs that popped out of the forehead. Right? There's like weird from all, all the from all the grunting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, just ask your wives. Okay. Women listening, you know what I'm talking about. That if I had a kid, uh, these two cretins never talked to their wife. Apparently, after they gave after she gave birth, but I did because I'm a good person with a thick head of hair, dude. And dude, uh, my wife gave birth to three ten pound kids. <laughs> I ain't talked to my wife for a week. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I'm currently I'm having trouble with my with my hair right now because I need these little hairs to grow a little longer so I can get back to back to. I too have had trouble with my hair. It's very thin on top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why you look so good in those uh, fedoras and those. I do look good in fedoras. This is the Taxi only reason cap. that Joe Scarborough is on television because he has incredible hair. <laughs> he Joe Scarborough have, has incredible hair for does a, have good a man hair. in his late fifties. I, I don't really know much about his political like, affiliation. I like, I, for the record, I like yeah. Joe Scarborough. So. I don't. I don't watch his show. Um, in the morning, I tend to. What do I watch in the morning? I watch, watch sport. Brian I, I, I bounce balls off little kids. No, I don't watch Brian <laughs> kill me. You know what I really Damn. love? <laughs> I've got a question. Why is Scott Van Pelt not on every morning? Because I really enjoy the mornings that he's on. Because ESPN is not good at this. No, because okay. Scott Van Pelt's got a good life, man. He just he, gets he doesn't his have own to sports do center. He has his own sports center at night. And then he gets to sleep in, and he gets to write his own show. Like when's all, there's in the history of sports center, there's never been a sports center with name of person. Yeah, that's true. Scott that's a good point. Yeah, his bad beats is one of my favorite yeah. parts Paul, to watch. Paul, he's, he's good. He's, yeah. Awesome. Um, so speaking of a bad beat, I guess this is the for the college version. I don't know what the spread was, but I just wanted your opinion because it was Mike Bobo. Colorado State lost on a would be hail mary that was completed to upset ranked. Utah State, and they called it back by, I mean, literally it was the sliver of a, of a foot that they called illegal touching, that the guy streaking down the field ran um, and stepped out of bounds. Would you, my question to you is, do you call that? I mean, is that where replay goes wrong? Or is it, is that? If he's out of bounds, out of bounds. Yeah. It's like being I, pregnant or not, you're pregnant. Or I know, you're not. I know, but I was just, I, I saw the the celebration and then kind of the disappointment and I don't know, maybe, maybe I just have feelings towards Mike Bobo. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, I want to talk more about the Harvard guy. Who's oh yeah. He gave did not flick finger. somebody off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, Mike Bobo. Harvard Yale is awesome now. Like that's the first time I've ever liked the Harvard. Where, did they play that at Yankee stadium? No, they, 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 no this is Fenway. Fenway. But they wore their regular jerseys. They didn't wear that abomination. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, did, yeah, did, look, you see Mike, the, did you see the tweet that that was the first time that a number two in pinstripes has scored in Yankee Stadium since they retired? Oh yeah. my God! So Our yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, look, Mike Bobo will look fondly back on that game when he is the offensive coordinator for Miami next year. You think his stock's still up? I think his stock is falling. His stock falling. is. He needs to get out of there while he can. He's, he's, his stock. His stock is decidedly not what it was. Yeah, but he's not leaving there to be offensive coordinator. He'll have to get fired. I mean, yeah, he'll have to get fired to do it. Yeah. So, did you see the latest Prather Hudson tweet? Yes, I we, did. See we that. just talked about it. Okay, so for those of y'all that don't know, Laura Rutledge, who's the sideline reporter for the SEC Network game, uh, she's also a Gator, but she she does a lovely job. I enjoy her work. Um, she was on the sideline and. She, it's kind of funny. She looked and saw the play and kind of, I guess, 
thought to herself like, Oh, I'm good. And then she turned back around to face the camera, like to do her on her sideline reporting. It's and then all of a sudden, okay. Well, you know, her stand up, she was, she was there with Uga. Like it's like the most exhausting, so tired, Oh boy, that's right. Here's Zaga. Like yeah. Laura, Laura Rutledge has well, more energy than that. Yeah, but every silent reporter. But did. she got she got bowled over. Yeah, I was I was okay yeah. with that. By Prather Hudson. He was making a yeah. play. She's lucky it wasn't Lofton Tidwell. Yeah. But Prather Hudson tweeted out. He tweeted out, yes, hey so. at Laura Rutledge, because Laura Rutledge had tweeted saying I took an L in Athens, you know, making you know, kind of making light of it. Uh, he said, Hey at Laura Rutledge, really sorry I knocked you down, but dot 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 I can pick you up at seven. And an emoji with the sunglasses. I feel obliged to point out that these are professionals. We should like go ahead and leave them and let them do their jobs without asking them out while they're at their place of employment. But nevertheless, I appreciate it. And a lot of people were like, hey, at Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, has Will seen this? I saw this. And I, of course, got all social justice warrior about it. So sorry. Oh. But uh, but nevertheless, Prather Hudson is awesome. And uh, I'm glad I'm glad that Prather Hudson got so, again, as you said, the post game show. Uh, Prather Hudson has, has backups. backups. Like that was so awesome. Like they at least them, two. Yeah, they beat them by so much that they ran out of carries for Prather Hudson. But I, again, I said this is the post game show. There was actually a nice little play that he made to get like it, like there was a nice little play to get those extra yards for the first down. So uh, they're saving him for Alabama. So Tony, do you know what the best ways to refer to Georgia Tech? Like if you've got a Georgia Tech fan. Waving his pom pom and saying to hell with Georgia in your face, the best ways to describe his school that would anger him the most. I found these on online. Probably the best way is to say, I don't think of your school. Right, I know. We've we've covered that. But um, if you were gonna write a okay, article so Nats, North Avenue Trade School. Yes. Literally the most exciting things that have happened in that football stadium in the last ten years have all been involving soccer. I mean, that's that's, mm, that's a good one. <laughs> That's what. That's the best I have. I think uh, the thing the thing that kind of caught my eye when I was reading about it was that the best way to really, if you're writing something, the best way to kind of stick in a craw of a Georgia Tech fan is to spell their or abbreviate their school as GTU, Georgia Tech University, because that is a mistake that's often made by media outlets, and it just drives them crazy. Okay, cool, but I, I wouldn't do that because that's not proper. Well, um, Georgia Tech fans like to say this is just kind of some education. Georgia on Technological it. Institute. They they they, they part, like to. Say, wait, by the way, part of the University of Georgia system. That's right. They like to say, "What is the good word?" And then the person answers, "To hell with Georgia." You know why? Why they're Oklahoma. And then they say, "How about them dogs?" And Tech fans respond saying, "Piss on them." That calls their Oklahoma. And then they have a. A school newspaper called The Technique, and they, whenever they write the University of Georgia, they write it The University Sick of Georgia. Uh huh. Is, is, and what that sick means, it means that the, this is as written, but it's yes, an, right. an incorrect. Is that, we, is that, that correct, that Will? We, when, someone, when someone says something, we all know wrong. sick. Yeah. No, I was just making sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I, that's, I, have to but say, the, I find that actually a little. But the whole, but the whole thing, the entire thing, what you just talked about, leads back to the little brother syndrome, right? It's just, I mean, one of the things in the Rose Bowl that never ceased to amaze me is that Oklahoma fans were routinely like Georgia fans. We we greet each other in in foreign lands as go dogs and sick them, right? And there there are some Georgia fans that don't do that, and I don't understand why. But that is is part of my mission to solve that. But like. Universally, 
Oklahoma fans would go boomer. The response would be sooner sooner. And they would say Texas and then sucks. It's like you're playing Georgia in the Rose bowl for a chance to play in the national championship. Stop thinking about Texas for four minutes. I was at the world series when the Mets played the Royals and a Yankee suck chant chant came out. Just some little brother. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. I like that. I mean, you put your little brother in a chokehold and you put his face in the toilet and you give him noogies. It's like, why? Why? I don't, I'm sorry. Is it time, is it time for games? So dumb. It's time for uh, fun office pools. Yeah. So we, we have some early games this week because it's Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. Dear listener, do not forget there are games before Saturday. Yes. This is and by dear listener, I mean my wife because she keeps missing the early games and gets mad at me about it. Yeah. What, what, are the, what, what are the good college games on Thursday? I actually haven't really looked. Uh, the Egg Bowl's Thursday, right? I'll tell you in three, two, one. Uh, yeah, Mississippi State at Mississippi. In fact, we'll just go ahead and roll into it and start with that. I mean, Mississippi has no bowl game. It doesn't matter what happens this game. They're five they and six. They can't go now, to Hawaii right? like Alabama They're did when they were on no. probation. They're five and six, right? They are five and six. I mean, if they win this game. They're bowl eligible. They're bowl eligible, except for the whole not being bowl eligible. Except for the whole um, uh, uh, gas mask with weed, uh, Liddy, and everything else that fell apart that night. For them. Who among us haven't been there? Um, <laughs> Who among us is not there right now as we record this podcast? <laughs> it's 1030. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it's hard for me to pick against Mississippi State the way they're playing right now. Yeah, it'd be a nice way to kind of end his first season uh, by winning. I mean, it's funny, like he said. I think arguably, a pretty the offense has not been quite what they thought it was going to be, but it's been a pretty successful first season for him. Uh, ending with an Egg Bowl win seems like the right way to do it. Yeah, and if they get the eight wins, they stand an outside shot of playing the Citrus Bowl. We'll get to that. Um, uh, I, I rank 114th in these picks, so why would I not pick Mississippi? <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're hitting on why you're 114th. Yeah, I know. I know. But I like I like to be out there at times. Uh, Oklahoma. Plus, I make feelings picks. Yeah, you yes. I do. And then I don't adjust them for the confidence picks. Anyway, Oklahoma. <laughs> He's always surprised. Goes what? To West Virginia. West Virginia. Is this Thursday? Is this Thursday? Sorry. This is Friday. Okay. Uh, this, West Virginia really kind of screwed themselves last week by losing. Did not deny. So the implications is, is at West Virginia. Yeah, Ooh. the winner of this game plays in the Big Twelve Championship. It's probably uh, Texas. Right? If, if Texas beats Kansas, right. um, there is an outside chance that they, if the, the loser of this game, could still play in the championship if Texas loses to Kansas. Okay. I'm just saying that. Because they, they don't have division; they just have the top two. Yeah. And they only have ten, and they call themselves the Big Twelve. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a whole well, thing there. I mean, there's 14 in the Big Ten. There's all sorts of crazy Couldn't things. they just trade, like, you, Nebraska and... No, Rutgers and Maryland would be fine. Do not, do not apply logic to this. Okay. Um, I like the idea that... Uh, I don't actually think Oklahoma is very... Like, the offense is obviously awesome. Amazing. How many points did they give? 40 points to Kansas last week? I mean, they gave up 35 to they, Auburn, they aren't did, they, right? They've yeah. given up forty, at least 40 points in the last three games. Yeah, well, so. we know Will Greer, former Florida quarterback, can score points. I'm taking West Virginia. I'm in. Give me the Mountaineers. I'm going to go there's, with the Mountaineers. There's going to be some well. couches burnt that night in Morgantown. They would burn couches. Well, I mean, because it's Friday, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're witches. They must be burnt. All right. Your favorite coach on the West Coast, the Apple Cup, Washington, not Chris Peterson. Washington goes to Mike Leach and Gardner Minshew, the mustache. I mean, what a great story. 
Washington State's 10 and 1. They can win the Pac 12 or the North, North. Pac 12 North. And they might have like a 3% chance of making the college football playoff, but not even really. I mean, they're, they're there. I mean, it's not, it's not nothing. If chaos happens. Particularly, well, which, uh, which if, hasn't happened. If yet. West Virginia beats Oklahoma, there's a good first step right there. That's right. And then Michigan still got Ohio State. We'll get to that game in a second. Both those teams lose. There's a door wide open for them right there. If, if, particularly if Georgia loses to Alabama, it's actually theirs if they want that. Um, I actually think Washington wins this. You know, it's interesting you said that because I've been waiting for that game where Mike Leach teams have uh, always, over the course of, I mean, <laughs> look, they were famous for losing to Portland State and then turn around and winning nine awesome, games right. in a row. Right. Um, I've been waiting for a game where they were going to lose inexplicably. And I think that's this game. They won 69 to 28 versus Arizona last week. They put up 69 points. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to go with Washington State on this one. Khalil Tate, uh, uh, heavily rumored to be transferring to Illinois next year, by the way. Really? He's held off his coordinator. That would be a math math change. Uh, Game changer, not math changer. Rod Rod Smith is the former offensive coordinator. Cool. Notre Dame goes to Southern California. (laughs) These are all Saturday games we're talking about. Every part about me wants to pick Southern Cal here. Southern Cal lost last week. Clay Helton. He's gone. He's, I, think he's, he's gone. I think he's gone either way. Yeah. The, the story I'm hearing is there's there's more problems inside Heritage Hall than the record and outside I and all that stuff. fascinating who's going to get that job. Yeah, right? Because yeah. there's no seem like there's no like uh, there's no like Tom Herman to Texas or Chip Kelly. Like, there's no just obvious person out there, right? Yeah, I mean, it could just as well be um I mean, I mean I mean, I, I mean, Southern Cal could pay Sean McVay the money that Rams do, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, just I'm just saying, it's not, it's not out, outside the realm of possibilities. Um, it feels like a weird year to be looking to be a top tier, super top tier, yeah. Which is funny because I think Ohio State might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bob Stoops to Ohio State or Southern Cal? I don't see Stoops getting back in the game. I just don't. He's from uh, Ohio, so is he? Um, yeah, yeah. I guess Mark Stoops says too. Um, since so's, their brother, uh, since their brother, yeah. So's, uh, so's Mark or Mike, Mike Stoops. And and I'm, Ohio I'm, I'm, I'm done picking against Notre Dame. Yeah, I kind of agree that that, that Syracuse game was pretty definitive. Michigan at Ohio State. They kick off at noon. We kick off at noon. Yeah, kind of a bummer that game. That game is at noon. Actually, yeah. I think Big Ten loves playing noon games yeah. because it's always snowing during the day. Um, <laughs> Ohio State should have lost last week. They should have lost a couple weeks ago, yeah. too. Which actually makes me more nervous that they pull it together for this game. But the, no, so from a Georgia fan's perspective, who do you, who would, if you, I don't, it doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. I th- the, I, the winner of this think, game, the winner of this game, they win the Big Ten, gets right, in. Right, right. Um, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Michigan. I'm sorry, I'm going to pick Ohio State. I don't really want either team to win because I don't want anything good to happen for Urban Meyer. Um, I mean, I'm going to be equally mad no matter who wins, but there's just something about – I mean, Urban Meyer just has their number. Yeah. I'm picking Michigan, but I'm very nervous about this game. Florida at Florida State. This will be played at 11 a.m. on PBS on Saturday. <laughs> That's good. That's nice. <laughs> 
That's good. I like the idea of having a telethon at halftime. Right. Bird shows up and says, please call the following number, and Oscar's answering the phone. Um, I, Florida State had a nice little thing last week. I think they have... I, I actually don't think Tiger Shakira will coach at all, and I can see... I'm actually picking them to win this game to get, like, a step forward for what they've got going. It's in Tallahassee. I'm taking Florida State. Four weeks ago, I would have no question asked, picked Florida State, but I just can't right now. Florida State had a great comeback versus BC. It's nice. BC's pretty good. You know, Florida has a chance to end their bowl streak in Tallahassee. I'm going to go with the Gators. I think, you know, Mullen gave up that streak to Kentucky. He could start a new one or something like that against Florida State or end one. So I'm going to go with them. All right. uh, There's four games left that we're going to pick, and I have them in most interesting order to me. Good. Right here. LSU at Texas A&M. So you're starting with least interesting or most interesting? This is least interesting for the the four that are remaining. Of the four that are remaining. I'm going to pick LSU here for a couple of reasons. The first is, I think they certainly can out-talent Texas A&M right now. Um, I I think Jimbo has shown over the past couple of weeks he can still coach some, um, that he... I'm not convinced that he can do so uh, long term, especially if he ends up having a bad season early. But he, I mean, he's earning he's he's getting seven point five million dollars a year, so whatever. I just think LSU is a better team, and it's hard to pick against them right now. I kind of like the idea of some of these new coaches making a statement heading into the whole season, the end of the year. I actually am taking Texas A&M this game. Texas A&M is favored by two and a half, which is surprising. It's a crazy to line. Me. That's a crazy line. That is a crazy line. LSU is nine and two. Texas A&M is seven and four. I don't see how you can pick against LSU. They're going to be ten and two, playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. There's a big fight of who's going to get the Sugar Bowl if Georgia loses to Alabama. That's a big right. discussion now. I mean, I, I still think it's Georgia, but yeah. What would you? I mean, like if it's they don't go to the Sugar Bowl, <laughs> would they go to the Peach Bowl? Peach yeah. against UCF. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, I'd go to that game. That'd be fun. I'd rather go to New Orleans every time. Yeah, but it's right there. I, I guess it's right New there. Year's Day. But it's New Orleans. Oh, All right. Hotels on New Year's Eve. <coughs> Three games left. I just went there a few weeks ago. It's September 29th. I mean, December 29th. Three games left to pick. The next least interesting game to me is Auburn at Alabama. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you all right, Tony? Dun, dun, dun. Um, give me Bama. <laughs> I also <laughs> okay. like Bama. <laughs> I think I'm going to pick Bama as well. <laughs> all right. Bull McGinn. Is next. Tennessee at five and six goes to Nashville. Vanderbilt is also five and six. I will confess I do not find this game more fascinating than Auburn, Alabama. Just, just not to. This is bowl not, not to check your police work. There, That's okay. But, uh, Tony and I think it's interesting. <laughs> I, I don't like agreeing with Scott, but yeah. <laughs> Who's going to win this game? So I think Derek Mason, our favorite Tennessee receiver. Um, He's certainly not playing for his coaching for his job here. I keep going back and forth. And when I put this game on, I was like, I don't want to put this game on because I have to pick it. But um, where's this game played? Nashville. <laughs> give, give me them. Give me them anchored downers. I'm taking Tennessee. I'm going to take Vanderbilt because I would love to see. What do they call that stadium? Nashville Stadium or Vanderbilt Stadium? Vanderbilt Stadium. They don't have a. They don't have like a sponsor. Uh, Vanderbilt Stadium. I'd like to see them get fined for 
storm in the field. Oh, no. I'm sorry. These are rich white kids. They don't storm the field. <laughs> they don't do that? No. Okay. They, they might have their help storm the field. <laughs> wow, Tony. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to the game at hand, noon kickoff, 7-4 and four, Georgia Tech, who has won 6 out of 7. Dangerous team. Travels to Athens to try to win three in a row for the first time since the 1950s. Three in a row in Athens. Tony, what do you got? Wait, Will. Oh, let me go first. Will, I like what do you got? Tony has a much more definitive. That's right. He's better at this. He's better at this whole podcasting thing than we are. No. Oh. We are. I mean, I, I think so. I'm being self-effacing. I'm trying to throw him a bone. No, I'm not being so self-effacing. I think Tony kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> so, why is everybody laughing? This feels like a get it. What, 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 are, what are the what's the local color phrase? Get er done uh, game. This feels like a get er the done. The look Tony's given Will. Yeah, yes, uh, that's the guy with the Will, puppets, right? Will uh, it's no. not it's not nineteen ninety nine. This yeah, is sorry, blue right. color yeah. comedy. <laughs> the TV show was filmed here, but right, fine. Right, right, right. Git and then the letter How R. How do I know done. my neck is red? Um, okay, so anyway, <laughs> that's a little. Uh, Blue collar comedy tour type of business. Anyway, the point is, is this feels like the minimum amount. What as soon as this game is decided, it will the Jets will shut down. Like I, I, this is a team and this is a coaching staff that I think. I mean, the Alabama game is everything you've been working for ever since that game. Uh, I know that there's this general consensus right now that um, Alabama is going to crush whoever they run across. Uh, I certainly know that I'm certain that the Georgia staff doesn't feel that way. Not that they're looking past Georgia Tech, but it feels like a game that you take care of. And then this feels like a game that might be over at like 2.30. Um, so I'm taking Georgia 28-10. to 10. I was nervous about this game yesterday and then leading in today. But after talking with the both of y'all and it's kind of a cathartic kind of remembrance of who we are. We're Georgia. Georgia Tech's the younger brother. Georgia's favored by 17, and that's kind of a lot. But I think back to my time at Mark Rick, Bobby Dodd, Grant Field last year, and it felt a little bit uneasy, like we had discussed earlier, for about half of a quarter, maybe a quarter. I think we uh, step on their throat, shut them down on the run game. They're going to get 250 yards, but it's not going to feel like the breakaway that we've seen in the past. I think Georgia wins this game 35 to 17, something like that. Maybe we'll see another straight out of Crumpton. So when you sit down and look at this game and you think about, okay, how can Georgia lose this game? They have to lose control both of the narrative and probably of the turnover game. Um, do you all see us turn the ball over three times? I do not. No. I, I, don't, I don't see us doing that either. Do you see us having Georgia Tech impose their will upon Georgia and basically putting us in situations where they turn out 15 play drives for seven minutes and then we turn around and try to score quickly and have to punt the ball back to them? I like being your call and response chorus. No, I don't. I just don't see that happening either. So where I come down on this is that Georgia Tech in this, how many game runs? Seven, six game runs? Six Six out of seven. Six out of seven. The combined record of those teams are 17 and 32. Wow. Georgia has played a much tougher schedule. Georgia is currently third in S&P Plus. Georgia Tech is 63rd. Is there a path where Georgia loses this game? Absolutely. 
this rivalry game. I'm not going to say throw the records out. I'll leave that to our friends over at the Solid Verbal. <laughs> but in order for George Tech to win this game, we have to do things wrong. That's not something we've done since LSU, and I don't see it happen in this game. Um, this feels like a 40-20 to 20 game to me. Yeah. I mean, it feels like a game where it's, it's like all the games where it's – funny in the first quarter and then we just step on the gas in the second and third quarters and then we get a lot of carries in in the in the in the fourth quarter that to run out the clock a manhood robin 10 minute drive somewhere along the way do we see prather hudson in this game um i don't think so yeah even if we're up 20 at 40 to 20 i don't think we do uh but if we see prather hudson oh boy it's going to be a lot of celebrating and we're yeah. going to be a coa bowl bringing it <laughs> S&P Plus, you mentioned earlier, uh, Georgia Tech being 63. Think about, put aside Georgia's history with Georgia Tech. Here are the teams that Georgia has played already that are higher in the S&P Plus than the team that they're currently playing at home, by the way. South Carolina. Yes. Missouri. Yes. Tennessee. Yes. LSU. Yes. Florida. Yes. Kentucky. Yes. Auburn. Yes. And Vanderbilt is right there. Yes. Like, those are all teams as good as Georgia and Tech. And these are all at home. Yeah. The, like, this game is at no. home. Well, LSU. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, is that, like, there's no... Like, how much did you how much did you sweat the Tennessee game at home? And Tennessee is like boring. thirty spots better than Georgia Tech. Yeah, other than the LSU game, the only game where I really was nervous was was Missouri. And I mean, rightfully if you so. Were sweating Auburn two weeks ago, you should not be sweating Georgia Tech. Under no circumstances should you be. Look, look, Marshall's Marshall's great under center, and I think you're right. I think they're going to get two hundred fifty three hundred yards offense. And a lot of those will be rushing yards. But you you can't look at that, well, nobody should get 300 yards rushing. When that's your offense, yeah, that's going to happen. If That's 90 yards fewer than UMass got, even playing our third and fourth string in the second half. Um, it's just hard. It's hard to sit back and look at this game and think that Georgia is going to lose the narrative, um, especially as focused as it feels like Kirby is on this game. All right, so hey, what should we do post game, guys? So post game, why don't we go to Koa Surf Bar and Grill? Come on by. No money doesn't cost you nothing. What to? What, I mean, the, you do have to, to like, buy your drink. I mean, you should buy a drink or get a, get a, get a Poke Bowl. Yeah, it's delicious. What, he it, has it. Poke Bowl. Is it's, that what I think it's Poke. Yeah, it's, it's like cabbage. What is it? I have never heard of this place. Really? You never heard of Koa? You never heard of a Poke? Koa? Or, I know what a Poke Bowl. So, I played on my phone. No, so no, it's different. 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 <laughs> so so this actually had a. He had a food truck concept in Charleston, decided he wanted to open something in a college town in the south um, and picked Athens. And so Pokey is just basically it's a rice bowl with. It sounds know, good. You, it's you, huge in college. College campuses are. Yeah. So you, I mean, you can have it with teriyaki chicken. You can have it with uh, tofu. Um, my personal preference is to have it with with fresh raw tuna. You know, one thing thing you can also have with it, as we will be able to show on Wednesday, on Saturday, is bourbon. You, you can, can have, have bourbon. bourbon. By the way, he specifically has Maker's Mark in there because when he had a soft opening, he was like, so what kind of bourbon do you drink? I'm like, uh, Maker's Mark. He's like, mm-hmm. well, I guess we'll get that. I was like, yeah, you should. <laughs> Just come by. Forget where, forget that whatever you've been into the rice and the teriyaki chicken. Just come by and drink bourbon with us on Saturday after the game. Uh, get through there. Hopefully, uh, uh, no community helpers will taunt my child. But uh, otherwise, uh, it'll be a great time. I'm very excited. I'm going to be there. Uh, we're all going to be there. Come by at post game. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Say hey. And we'll put it on the social media, the tweets, and yeah, Facebook, out, out, uh, out on the Instagrams or the Insta dogs, and uh, I'll handle that. Yes. 
Maybe I'll go by there and take a picture of this place I've never seen before and put it on our Instagram. Yeah. Say hey to Chris. Okay. I'm sure he's a nice guy. No offense that I've never seen it. It's Who fun. am I? It's you fine. It's fine. Well, you're the guy that's trying to promote people to come to it. Yeah. So, so it's so one more time. It's between Walker's and Starbucks. Star, everybody knows where that is. So basically, you walk off campus through the arch. It is on the right hand side. The, literally the second store in from Broad Street on College Avenue. One fourteen College Avenue. The kids, the kids have phones these days. Just type in one fourteen College Avenue on your phone and and let the winds take you. Or get your parents' State Farm roadmap and find it. Yes, yeah, get, it is between Clayton and Broad Street. It's one fourteen College Avenue. Otherwise, we're not hey, doing all that. <laughs> I'm going to save this. Yeah, I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, if these are. Bowl game projections, but with the projected spread of these potential bowl matchups, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it's early for that. All right. Yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, we'll see everybody uh, post game Saturday. Otherwise, go dogs. Go dogs. So was it midnight or something? It's ten forty three. Oh, that's not that late. Not that, this late. will be airing on Cinemax. <laughs> 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 Emmanuel Park. This is Red and Black Diaries. <laughs> and thanks so much for listening. Again, we hope to be able to see you at our meetup in downtown Athens after the Georgia Georgia Tech game. And if you have any questions about location, like I didn't know where it was, but now I do. It's between Walkers and Starbucks. But say something else comes up and you got a question, feel free to tweet our show at WSLS Podcast. And as far as podcast reviews, we have received a few new ones, and I appreciate that. But I also would like to apologize for not getting them in this week. I had them on my notes, but I just forgot to put them in. I'll put that on the docket for next week during our SEC Championship Game preview show. So have yourselves a happy Thanksgiving. Tony, Will, and I are very thankful for your interest in our show. It means a lot. I truly mean that. We'll see you on campus this Saturday. It'll be an early one. Breakfast with the Bulldogs. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.